Have you been interested in trying the new cutting-edge technology of exogenous ketones but didn't know where to get started? Let me introduce you to Perfect Keto. Visit perfectketo.com slash Jimmy and use the coupon code LLVLC at checkout to get 15% off your order. Perfect Keto was created by a functional medicine clinician who developed this unique formula for maximum efficacy. It's great tasting and the most affordable exogenous ketone supplement you can find that raises blood ketone levels up to 1.5 millimolar to help increase mental focus, boost your energy, and commence fat burning. It does not contain any soy, dairy, gluten, artificial sweeteners, binding agents, or anything that doesn't directly improve your health. The synergistic power of a low-carb, moderate-protein, high-fat ketogenic diet with Perfect Keto Exogenous Ketones will have your body running optimally. Perfect Keto is available in delicious chocolate sea salt and peaches and cream flavors. Each serving comes with 11.38 grams of high quality beta-hydroxybutyrate for maximum ketone boosting while adding in magnesium, potassium, cocoa, stevia, and vitamin C for extra micronutrition. Again, try Perfect Keto for yourself at perfectketo.com slash Jimmy and be sure to use the coupon code LLVLC at Check out to get 15% off your order. Perfect Keto. Are you struggling to find a clean, keto-friendly coffee creamer that doesn't have a bunch of chemicals or other nasty stuff in it? Then let me tell you about Natural Force Keto Coffee Creamer. It's made with real, all-natural ingredients like organic MCT oil, sourced from 100% organic, non-GMO, and sustainably harvested coconuts. Guys, I've seen a lot of creamers that claim to be keto-friendly, but this one really takes the keto cake. There is no sugar or sweetener in it whatsoever, it's completely dairy-free, it tastes delicious and indulgent, and it mixes instantly into both hot and iced coffee with just a spoon. Keto Coffee Creamer also features a special blend of C8 and C10 MCTs. If you're ready to level up your morning coffee routine, now's the time to do it. Head on over to naturalforce.com jimmy for an exclusive offer available only to listeners of this podcast. Natural Force Keto Coffee Creamer. Living the vida local, this show is changing lives. We talking about your diet, trying to get you feeling right. Cut up the avocados, fry some eggs, time to explore the longest running health podcast hosted by Jimmy Moore. Time to give up the crappy garbage. We're getting into ketosis. Every day is a new step to your goal. Yeah, you're getting closer. Motivated and focused. Don't stop, just go. Time to get inspiration from the Living La Vida Low Carb Show. Hey. The Living Low Carb You're listening to a special presentation of Jimmy Rants on the Living La Vida Low Carb Show. Jimmy and Christine are traveling, so we're bringing you some of the best content from Jimmy's daily show, Jimmy Rants. Want to know what the very latest is in nutrition news? Follow Jimmy at JimmyRants.com for all of the archives and links to his social media where you can engage live with the content. Stay tuned now for a special Jimmy Rants on the LLVLC show. Today's Jimmy Rants is about a study that came out recently, and it made me laugh when I heard about it. And you hear me come on here pretty often and rail against the kind of bad science that's put out there. 
they'll take a mouse and they'll put them on some high fat chow and they have some something happen to them. See, this is what happens to humans on a high fat diet, blah, 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 blah. Bad, bad science. Or they'll take a look at data points from an epidemiological observational kind of study where they look at a whole bunch of like old studies, smush them all together, and then come up with some kind of a conclusion. Really, really bad science. So you hear me talk about we really need randomized controlled trials in a clinical setting where they put uh, subjects into like a metabolic ward and that kind of thing. So many uh, studies fail to do that. But I have a study here today that does do it, but it's silly because they're examining the differences metabolically of what happens in healthy people who eat an ultra processed foods diet compared to a real foods based diet. So what I want to talk about here today is did we really need a study that showed us that processed food is bad for you? Seriously. And there's some really interesting comments made by the researcher, uh, which I'll give you a little bit of background on this researcher uh, here in a minute. But some interesting comments towards the end of this story that's going to blow your mind. And I'm like, okay, this guy is so disconnected from trying to actually help people. This was intended to make a big splash in the media, and it did. It's all over the media. Um, but his conclusion is really interesting. So here we go. Headline, how processed foods make you fat. Did we really need to see a bunch of glazed donuts and be told that that kind of food's gonna make you fat? Did anybody actually in their right mind think, oh, um, that's not gonna make you fat? No, everybody knows that that kind of food's gonna make you fat. It's kind of silly actually. It's kind of a duh. Well, let's see how they designed the study. In recent years, many nutrition experts have linked the obesity epidemic to the spread of ultra processed foods. Yeah, no kidding. I didn't need a scientist to tell me this. My crappy garbage days told, told it to me just fine. These foods are engineered to have a long shelf life and an irresistible combination of salt, sugar, fat, and other additives. Now, here's an interesting thing. When they start talking about uh, the combo of salt, sugar, fat, and other additives, usually they throw in fat in there, but they're not telling people the kind of fat that is typically found in with the salt and the sugar and the chemical additives. The kind of fat is usually trans fats. It's also processed vegetable oil type of fats. They may put little bits of saturated fat but the vast majority of junk food based fats is not butter. It's not coconut oil. It's processed vegetable oils. Pick up any packaged food. I, I challenge you, go to a grocery store, a convenience store on the corner market, pick up any given processed food. So pick up the ding-dongs, pick up the, the donuts, look on the packaging and look in the ingredients list and what you will find is refined grains, refined sugar, and generally some kind of a refined vegetable oil fat. Very 
uh, spurious do you find butter? Do you find coconut oil? And yet when they start talking about the combination of sugar, salt, fat, and other additives, they always say fat as if it's one thing. And I want you guys to know fat from a real food uh, perspective is far different than the fat that tends to be in a lot of these ultra processed foods. So if you're just joining us, we're going over a study that came out recently about processed foods making you fat. Headline, did we need a study that really told us processed foods made you fat and were bad for you? Let's continue. These foods tend to make people overeat because they are full of refined carbohydrates. Well, that's true. They also are full of added sugars and fats. Again, with the caveat I just explained, remember fat isn't, isn't the kind of fat that you and I eat on keto. It's really highly processed, refined vegetable oil type fats. They appeal to the human palate, according to experts. Most of these foods, however, tend to lack fiber, protein, vitamins, and other important nutrients. That's why we call them nutrient void foods. In fact, they're even worse than nutrient void. They actually leach nutrients out of your body to have to deal with all that processed crap that is in there. It's no bueno. Now, a small but rigorous new study is providing strong evidence that not only do these foods tend to make people eat more, but they also may result in dramatic and relatively rapid weight gain and other health uh, effects uh, that are detrimental. Why, again, did we need a study that told us eating crappy garbage is going to make fat sick? Am I just totally off base here? Why... Did we even need to waste the time and the money and the effort into doing this study when anybody with half a brain knows that ultra processed foods, which I don't even like to call food, I call it crappy garbage, I call it food like disease agents, processed foods ain't food. So why are we surprised when this ain't food makes you fat, when this ain't food makes you sick? We shouldn't be surprised at all. The research was published this month in the journal Cell Metabolism, and they found that people who ate significantly or they ate significantly more calories and gained more weight when they were fed a diet that was high in ultra processed foods like breakfast cereal. Oh, those companies that make breakfast cereal, they want to fool you into believing that they are incredibly healthy for you. And now we have a researcher saying, oh, yeah, breakfast cereal. Yeah, not so much. Not really that healthy. Muffins, white bread, sugary yogurts. I love that they added that one in there as a processed food. People see yogurt. They don't think about all the added sugars that they put in there and generally in the form of high fructose corn syrup, especially those ones that are like fruit in the bottom. Those are just hugely processed foods. And people eat them because, oh, it's yogurt. It's it's healthy for you. Low-fat potato chips. Who eats low-fat potato chips? I guess they're talking about like baked Lay's, uh, maybe Pringles, that kind of thing. Uh, Canned foods, processed meats, fruit juices, and diet beverages. Those are all the things that they identify in this study as ultra 
processed foods, and they had a wing of people in the study who actually ate this. These foods uh, automatically caused a rise in the hunger hormones as compared to a diet that contained mostly, and here's the real food-based diet, they an unprocessed diet, um, fresh fruits and vegetables, eggs, grilled chicken, fish and beef, and whole grains, nuts, and seeds. Okay. Most of that list is pretty decent. I don't think they needed to necessarily put whole grains in there, uh, but pretty much everything else is probably okay because most whole grains, in, in my opinion, are not whole grains. They're processed as well in order to make them edible into a bread or whatever. Um, but I love this list. and I love the comparison. But again, did we really need a study that told us that eating a processed foods diet as compared to a real foods-based diet was going to make you fatter and sicker? I don't think so. So who is behind this study? I'll get to here in a minute. Uh, but this was, uh, this was a study by the uh, National Institutes of Health. That's the NIH, major health organization that helps fund studies. They were recruited. Uh, they recruited people um, to this study. And what they did was they recruited the people to come live in a research facility. So this is what's called a metabolic ward. They put these people in this research facility for four weeks uh, they were fed both of these diets. So they first got a whole foods-based diet or they got the ultra-processed foods diet along with snacks in each of the category. And for two weeks each, they were put on both these. So everybody in the study, which I, I think it's like 20, 20 people were in the study, very small study, but it was really interesting. They put all these subjects on a whole foods-based diet tracked various markers, and then for two weeks. And then for the next two weeks, they put them on the really highly processed foods diet and tested a bunch of markers, and then they, they compared it. That's how they did the study. They were instructed to consume as much or as little as desired, so they were not forced to control calories. They were like, just eat. So the researcher said the most striking finding was that when the subjects ate the ultra processed foods diet, it led them to consume 500 more calories a day, which resulted in an average of two pounds of weight gain in two weeks. I don't think it was the calories at all that caused them to gain the weight. I think their insulin got majorly spiked and insulin is a fat storing hormone and that's why they gained weight. I'm surprised they only gained two pounds in two weeks. Most of us that have metabolic damage, if you fed us a highly processed foods diet of breakfast, cereal, muffins, white bread, sugary yogurt, low-fat potato chips, canned food, processed meats, fruit juices, and beverages, diet beverages, if you fed us a diet like that with metabolic brokenness, we would gain about 15 pounds probably in two weeks. But keep in mind these subjects were mostly healthy people. All right, let's get to who was behind the study. The lead author on the study is an obesity expert at the National Institute of Diabetes and Digestive and Kidney Disease. His name is Kevin Hall. So what you need to know about Kevin Hall, and I've interviewed him on the Living La Vida Low Carb Show before, um, is he's a diehard calories matter kind of researcher. He was one of the benefactors of the 
uh, Nutrition Science Initiative money uh, and was instructed to do a research uh, paper on low carb ketogenic diets. And he proceeded to take the money and fill his own hypothesis about calories. So just keep that in mind as we're as we're going through this study. Kevin Hall says it's a substantial amount of calories referring to the 500 extra a day on the ultra processed foods diet. And it did translate over a relatively short period of time into some substantial weight and body fat changes. Two pounds over two weeks is not substantial, Kevin. I'm sorry. It's simply not. I was surprised by the magnitude of the changes we saw. When you're a researcher, you want to make it seem like the results you got were just so far outside the norm. To me, I'm surprised that the people only gained two pounds in two weeks eating a crappy garbage diet. And yet he's making it seem like they gained 10 to 15 pounds in two weeks. That would be an eye opener with the ultra processed foods diet. Two pounds is penance. I pooped two pounds today. Seriously. Barry Popkin, a global obesity and nutrition expert at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. He was not involved in the study. He called this research impressive and said the weight gain on the ultra processed diet in a short period of time was, quote, profound. No, it wasn't. Two pounds is not that big a deal. Now, it's two pounds. Would they have gained more if they continue uh, to eat that way? Sure. But keep in mind, most of the people in this study, which I'm going to get to the demographics of who was in this study here in a minute, but most of them were pretty insulin sensitive. And so with insulin sensitivity, you're able to handle more carbohydrates and you don't get near the level of response that you would from someone who's more insulin resistant. Had they done that uh, study with someone like me and a lot of you guys that have, have uh, metabolic damage and insulin resistance, I guarantee you in two weeks of eating that crappy garbage diet, it would be a double digit weight gain. Let's not stand here and pretend like two pounds is a big deal when you're an insulin sensitive person, they're making a mountain out of a molehill. It would have really been a mountain had they used insulin resistant people. Uh, Barry Popkins said the new findings along with previous studies raise questions about whether food manufacturers can create healthier processed foods that do not induce people to overeat. Healthier processed foods. Is that an oxymoron or what? healthier processed foods. What would they do to make processed foods healthier? Isn't the whole idea behind getting people to eat, to have them eat foods in their wholest form possible? So why would we believe that you could possibly make processed foods mimic the effects of real whole foods? Real whole foods to me are the best way to try to cut down on this problem with the ultra processed foods, not trying to manipulate processed foods into becoming something they're not. What they are is highly processed, highly palatable, and are gonna cause weight gain and health decline. Let's not pretend like we can make junk food healthy. You can't. 
Hopkins says this is a very important study and a major challenge to the global food industry and the food science profession. No, we need food scientists out of the food supply. The reason we've gotten into this mess to begin with is we've allowed food scientists to create concoctions in a lab that then they put into the foods that a lot of people eat. And that's leading them to gain weight and leading them to get unhealthy. That's the problem. And these researchers are blind to the realization that we don't need to be making processed foods healthier. We need to be educating the public and giving programs and making real whole foods more accessible. Am I just way off base here? This seems so commonsensical. The answer is to try to point people to real whole foods. And if they embrace real whole foods, we don't need to make processed foods healthier. It's silly. This new study, the first clinical trial to directly compare how ultra processed foods and unprocessed foods influence health. Did we need a study that showed that? No. Everybody with a brain knows that eating real whole foods is far better for you on your weight and your health than eating processed foods. We didn't need a study. It's like doing a study on testing whether water is wet or not. Same thing. All of this could have very important implications. Ultra processed foods make up more than half of the calories that Americans consume. There's some people, that's all they eat. They eat junk food at fast food restaurants. They pers- uh, subsist on Coca-Cola and chips and, and just junk food. That's all they eat. I even have people in my life where they say, well, my kid won't eat anything but Cheez-Its and Oreos and Coca-Cola. And I've got to feed them that or they won't eat anything. And I'm going, I guarantee you they get hungry enough. And all you have in your house is real whole foods. They'll eventually eat those real whole foods. I promise you. They are becoming increasingly widespread across the globe as multinational food companies push deeper into developing countries. Now, this is a problem. The big food companies have gotten a foothold. I remember uh, 2015, I was asked to speak in South Africa. Um, I was on the stage. uh, Professor Tim Noakes put on this conference in South Africa uh, with a lot of the leaders in the low carb movement. And. I remember when we were walking around in South Africa, in Cape Town, there were parts of the the various parts of town that were very poor and everywhere was plastered Coca-Cola's uh, logo. It was everywhere. They had gotten in there. Oh, we'll, we'll fix up your neighborhood. Just let us plaster our logo everywhere. And now they drink that Coca-Cola like it's water. So these companies are getting a foothold in a lot of these developing countries um, that are a lot poorer than we are here in America. But Americans have no no excuse. Let's not pretend like we are in the same situation of people that are in these developing countries. We're not. We're far better off. And yes, I realize real whole foods can be a little more expensive and they get to that here in a minute. And I want I have some commentary on that when the time comes. So let's get back to the story. While there are many ways to define ultra processed foods, 
They are typically packaged or fast foods that contain a whole lot of ingredients like added sugars, refined carbohydrates, industrial oils, that by the way is vegetable oils, sodium and synthetic flavors and preservatives. And there have been observational studies of thousands of people that have found eating high amounts of these foods is associated with a greater likelihood of early death from heart disease and cancer. I'm not a fan of those kind of studies, but again, we didn't need a study to tell us that ultra processed foods are bad for you. We didn't need a study that told us that. We know. But people in lower socioeconomic brackets tend to consume the most ultra processed foods. They do. And the reason they turn to processed foods is they're dirt cheap. I remember back in my crappy garbage days, I would stock up on 10 for $10 Little Debbie snack cakes. Oh, you get a big old box of these uh, Little Debbie snack cakes. I'd get the Swiss rolls. I'd get the oatmeal cakes. I'd get the fudge rounds. I'd get all of that stuff. And when you present someone who already has a hunger and a craving for sugar, and then you offer them for 10 bucks, this 10 boxes worth of food, food uh, that they can eat. To me, that was five days worth of snacks. Uh, and I would put two boxes of those in the freezer right before I would watch television. And I would sit there and eat two boxes of Little Debbie snack cake at a time. Was it cheap? You bet it was. Was it good for me in any way, shape, form, or fashion? Not a chance. And I don't think the fact that the lower socioeconomic brackets consume the most uh, ultra-processed foods, the fact that they actually consume them and are buying them because of the cheap, that to me points to we need to educate the lower income people that they can afford to get good, healthy Foods. I have a garden in my front yard and in my backyard. I think we need to teach people in the lower socioeconomic situation how to grow their own food. I think we need to teach them and allow, have principalities uh, and local cities allow people to have their own chickens. We have 25 back there in our backyard and it provides us a lot of healthy fat and protein for our diet. I think it's an education piece. I don't think we should assume that simply because they're in a lower economic bracket that, well, oh, they're going to eat it anyway. Let's figure out a way to make the processed foods more palatable, yet also more healthy. No, we need to be teaching people why real whole food is the answer that they're looking for. And of course, they talk about how people eat 500 more calories when they eat this crappy garbage as compared to a real foods-based diet. What they're not telling people is when you eat a real foods-based diet, you eat less and less often. And to me, that is the answer. The problem is people come to real food as a heavily sugar-addicted person. So when you're sugar addicted and you're told you're not going to eat sugar, you're not going to have refined grains, you're not going to have all of these foods that have been familiar in your diet for so many years, people have a conniption fit and they can't wrap their heads around the fact that their taste buds will change, that they'll be able to be more satiated and that all of these good metabolic things will start happening for them. 
That's what needs to be done, not trying to fix the processed foods, but getting rid of the processed foods and encouraging people to eat real whole foods. These lower socioeconomic brackets also tend to smoke more, exercise less, and engage in other and unhealthy behaviors. If they smoke more, can you imagine all the money they're spending on smoking and some of the other unhealthy behaviors may be drinking alcohol. If they allocated all the resources they spend on cigarettes and alcohol and crappy food and then put it into real whole foods, they got the money. My local farmer's market, if you have uh, food stamps, if you're uh, amongst the poorest of the poor, they will actually take those food stamps and they will double the value of them at the at the uh, farmer's market. So if you have $100 worth of food stamps, they will give you $200 in farmer's market money. They double it so that people can afford to buy the good stuff. And if that's happening here locally where I live in Spartanburg, South Carolina, I'm sure it's happening a lot of places. And we need to be pointing people to these programs. But again, the big thing they're not talking about in this study is how heavily addicted to sugar and refined carbs these people are. And that's why they're choosing these things. Yes, they are cheaper, but I think they're also so addicted they couldn't imagine living like I did uh, all those years I had Little Debbie snack cakes. I could not back then imagine I would ever live without that. Now they even thought of putting a processed Little Debbie snack cake into my mouth is just repulsive and disgusting. But that took a lot of time to overcome that sugar and carb addiction. As a result, large population studies cannot entirely separate the effects of eating ultra processed foods from other lifestyle factors that influence disease risk. Well, to me, when you eat processed foods, um, it's just the first in a line of things that happen because if you don't care about what you're putting in your mouth for sustenance, then you're probably not going to care about a lot of things. You're probably under more stress uh, financially, primarily. You're probably not sleeping well because of that stress. There's so many things involved. You're probably working in a, in a job that you hate. And so you may not be able to be outdoors as much. There's so many factors that go into this, but it starts with the nutrition and if we got people to embrace real whole foods from the start, and yes, it's a little bit of a transition. Uh, you know, we all have been there. All of us that eat keto, we've all been there when we had the sugar cravings early on and you had the withdrawals. I was 410 pounds in January of 2004, and I went from about 15, 1600 grams of carbohydrate a day down to 20. I didn't come without pain, guys. And so it was hard, but it very quickly, within a couple of weeks, turned around really fast. And I've been living La Vida Low Carb ever since. But you got to get people to that point. And if we're simply identifying that it's ultra processed foods that are the problem and that we need to fix those foods, that's not the answer. The answer is to educate people on why they should be eating real whole foods. 
If you're a fan of fat, then you need to try the F-Bombs. Go to JimmyLovesFBomb.com, enter the coupon code JimmyLovesFBomb, and you'll get 20% off of your first order. So what are these F-Bombs? They are nut butters, and they have incredible combinations of coconut and macadamia nut, macadamia nut butters, and my favorite is salted chocolate macadamia nut butter. They also have several oil blends, including the house blend, the MCT oil, as well as coconut oil. If you want your fat on the go, then you need to check out JimmyLovesFBomb.com. And once again, use the coupon code JimmyLovesFBomb. You'll get 20% off your first order. JimmyLovesFBomb.com. The new study was designed to get around this problem by recruiting healthy adults whose average age was 31. Uh, the Uh, And then they assign them to eat both an unprocessed and then an ultra processed. So real food and junk food. The number of people in the study was very small uh, by design, by the way, 20 men and women. The subjects had to live in a metabolic ward research facility for four weeks, eating only the diet they were prescribed. The researchers prepared all the meals and snacks. They tracked every single morsel of everything that they ate, carefully analyzed the effects of those foods on their weight, their body fat, their hormones, and other biomarkers. The researchers wanted to make sure that the processed diet did not contain any or contain only obvious junk foods. So they uh, also served highly processed foods that a typical typical American might eat and potentially even think is nutritious. Anybody ever believe that Cheerios was nutritious? Yeah, we all did. In fact, right there on the front of the box, known to lower cholesterol. So people eat Cheerios thinking it's healthy for them. Well, they identified that in this story, and I'm glad that they did. That's an ultra processed food. Cheerios is not health food. Yet a lot of people believe that. They also believe blueberry muffins are a health food. Oh, it's got blueberry. It's got fruit in it. It must be healthy. Orange juice for breakfast. Yeah, a lot of people think that's healthy. Cheese and turkey sandwiches with baked Lay's potato chips and diet lemonade for lunch. Steak, canned corn, mashed potatoes from a packet and a diet beverage at dinner. So those are all things that they think are junk food. So I'm going to squabble with them about the steak and about the cheese and turkey. Um, I'm going to squabble with them about that not being real food, but that's what they said. On the processed diet, the subjects were also offered lots of snacks like low-fat chips. I wonder why they kept putting in like low-fat things Uh, because they mentioned earlier like low-fat this, low-fat that. I guess because people say, well, if I'm going to have this junk food, I need to offset it with some perceived healthier food. Is that what they were trying to mimic in this study? Really fascinating. They also offered them Pepperidge Farm goldfish crackers and then other packaged foods typically that are found in vending machines. So I guess little crackers, maybe pretzels and that kind of thing. The researchers designed the two diets so they contained roughly equivalent amounts of calories, carbs, fat, and sugar. So that's interesting. Because typically when you think of junk food, um, you think of carbs. It's heavy on the carbs. 
uh, probably upwards of 60 to 70 percent carbohydrate. Uh, and fat, uh, there's a good amount of processed fats and obviously sugar is a part of the carbs. Uh, but the subjects were allowed to eat as much as they wanted. They ended up consuming more calories from the meals when they were giving pro given processed food, which we know why, right? You know that when you eat a processed, uh, refined carbohydrate-based diet, it increases hunger hormones. So ghrelin, insulin increases. You've got so many factors that are making you want to eat more and more and more. And we've all been down that road where we've eaten a meal back in our crappy garbage days. And an hour later, we're hungry again. And it's one reason on the conventional wisdom diet, they encourage you to eat every two hours. You have to or you're starving. Whereas on keto, we're able to have, you know, eggs and bacon and avocado. And you can go many hours without having to eat the difference here. And the sources of these macronutrients were very different. On the unprocessed diet, the subjects got their fiber, sugar, and carbs all from fresh produce, beans, oatmeal, sweet potatoes, grains, and other whole foods. On the ultra-processed diet, they ate mostly refined carbohydrates, added sugars found in bread, bagels, juice, tater tots, sauces, chips, pasta, french fries, and canned foods. The subjects were given a fiber supplement on the processed diet because they were so low in fiber. I guess they didn't want them to get constipated um, and have pain or whatever from that. But again, these people that were in this study, average age 31, metabolically healthy. And I wonder how different the study would have been had they used people that have metabolic damage that are more insulin resistant. And to me, some of the foods they fed them in the real foods-based diet would have impacted someone with insulin resistance. I couldn't have most of that list of foods that they were eating. Beans, oatmeal, sweet potatoes, grains. None of those, uh, they're all whole foods, sure. But none of those are ones that would have no impact on my blood sugar no impact on insulin and hunger by extension of that, they would have an impact, a negative impact. Now, if they put on that list uh, red meat and avocado and coconut oil and butter and other kind of real whole foods that are a part of my ketogenic diet, we'd be just fine. But some of those were, were really challenging. The subject spontaneously ate a lot more calories on the processed diet and then not surprisingly gained weight. So they're pretending like the reason they gained weight was because of the extra calories, the 500 extra calories. I don't think so. I think the reason they gained weight was they had hormonal changes from the spike in the insulin. That's what increased their weight. On the unprocessed diet, they consumed far fewer calories and lost weight. To me, as a researcher, I would have dug deeper into that. Why? did they eat far fewer calories on the real whole food, right? Because what they're concluding in here and what they said earlier in this article is they need to try to clean up these processed foods to make them less palatable, less impactful on weight and health markers. 
That's not the answer. The answer isn't to try to manipulate processed foods to make them healthier. The answer is to push people to real whole foods. And if you teach them that real whole foods is the goal, then I think you get somewhere. They did an analysis of their hormone levels uh, on the people with the unprocessed diet. And what they found was the appetite suppressing uh, hormone called PYY. It actually increased while the levels of ghrelin, which is a hormone that will stimulate hunger, they went down. So they are identifying why real whole foods work so that you don't eat as many calories as you would on a processed foods diet. To me, take that and run with it. To me, that is evidence as to why a ketogenic diet, which is a real whole foods based diet, seems to work so well. People's hunger stays under control. The, the appetite suppressing hormone PYY does increase. Ghrelin does go down. And yet this researcher is very anti-keto, by the way. Kevin Hall is his name. Hall and his colleagues are planning follow-up studies that will examine why ultra-processed foods had this effect of more hunger and eating more calories. You don't need to do that study, Kevin. Anybody with a brain can tell you that if you eat a processed food diet, you're going to gain weight. You're going to be hungrier. And he's missing the elephant in the room. What is the elephant in the room? Insulin. The very thing that he is against as a researcher, he has so been defiant against the connection that insulin plays in this whole conversation of weight gain and hunger and health effects from a bad diet. He doesn't want to admit insulin is at the key of it all. But it is. He wants to hold on to the calories. Oh, they ate 500 more calories, so that's why. No! It's the hormone stupid. He pointed out that one thing many popular diets have in common, be it the low-carb, plant-based, vegan, paleo, high-protein, is that people who follow them often cut back on ultra-processed foods. Um, Kevin, perhaps you should find out why, when people embrace all of these real whole foods-based diets, why people can eschew those processed foods. Why are they able to do that? They're able to do that because their body, perhaps for the first time in their entire lives, is getting all the nutrients that it needs. And when I say nutrients, I'm not even uh, just talking about the macronutrients, which we talk about fat, protein, and carbs pretty often, but the micronutrients and the satiety that comes from the fact that you get all of the micronutrition you need. You want to know why you get hungry on an ultra-processed foods diet? Here is the biggest reason. Yes, carbs play a big role uh, with all the hunger hormones and, and spiking the insulin, spiking your blood sugar, all of that. But the biggest reason why when you eat a processed foods diet that you get hungry is you're lacking all of the essential vitamins and minerals in the diet. And your body is giving you hunger signals so that you'll keep eating. And maybe eventually, dummy, you will start feeding me the foods that have the vitamins and minerals that I need to be healthy and to function. It's why when you eat a real foods-based ketogenic diet and you eat that meal and you're able to go 6, 8, 10, 12, 14 hours between meals 
and it's no big deal. You want to know why? Because you gave your body all of the basic nutrients that it needs to survive and thrive. That's why it works. That's why you don't get hungry. We got to remember micronutrition plays a huge role in why you get hungry. And the micronutrition in ultra processed foods is basically uh, null and void. It doesn't exist. Paul cautioned against demonizing processed foods because so many Americans depend on them. Here is the part of the story that I about lost my lunch, you guys. Ultra-processed foods are cheap, convenient, and long-lasting. The ultra-processed diet used in the study, for example, was 40% more, uh, or the unprocessed, excuse me, the unprocessed diet, which is the real whole foods-based diet used in the study, uh, was 40% more than the ultra-processed diet. So real food was 40% more than ultra-processed. He's using that, you guys, as an excuse as to why we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. They're going to eat these ultra processed. We've got to figure out a way to get. No, what we need to do is figure out ways to educate people on. Okay, yes, it is more expensive to eat real whole foods than it is junk food, but you end up eating less. And so you eat less. You don't have to constantly feed the beast. You go through periods of intermittent fasting very naturally when you eat a real foods-based ketogenic diet, for example. And I actually did an analysis one time of the food I used to eat on my crappy garbage diet, which included 16 cans of Coca-Cola a day, two whole Little Debbie snack cake uh, boxes of Little Debbie snack cakes a day. I'd go out to fast food, Taco Bell and McDonald's and 7-Eleven, the whole gamut. I used to do all of that, you guys. And I added up all of that food. And then I added up all the food that I eat now on my real foods-based ketogenic diet. And I end up spending about a third on the real foods-based diet of what I used to spend on my crappy garbage diet. And that blows people's minds. Like, oh my gosh, it's so much cheaper to buy junk food, but you don't put, you don't, um, Think about that you don't eat as often. You don't think about that you don't have to eat as much food as you used to to get uh, satiated. Real food is so satiating, you don't have to keep feeding the beast. And so that is part of the reason why, yes, it's more expensive for the specific foods that you buy on your real foods-based diet. But in the end, you end up spending less because you're not having to eat near as much of the junk food that you used to eat. It's hard to get people to wrap their heads around this to see the 10 for $10 Little Debbie snack out. Oh, that's so cheap. And yet you see $5.99 a pound for grass-fed beef. And people, oh, I can't afford that. Yes, you can, because you don't need as much of it. And you don't need as much of it by default. It just happens. So Kevin Hall says, we're talking about foods that make up more than 50% of people's diets. They can be very attractive to people who have limited time, money, skills, and access to ingredients that they can use to make meals from scratch. For people who are working two jobs just to make ends meet and have a family to feed, a frozen pizza looks very good at the end of the day. Well, Kevin Hall, that means we need an education. 
That means maybe we need to step up the incentive of buying real whole foods. Um, Because right now you can purchase pretty much anything you want uh, in the junk food realm uh, with food stamps. What if we did what this farmer's market locally does? Um, What if we doubled the value of the food stamps if you choose real whole foods? That would be an answer. That could be something that would get people to think about at least, do I want to buy real whole food? I'm going to double my my marketing dollars to be able to spend. Why would you not do that? Now, again, the big, big monkey in the room, the elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about is these people are so highly addicted to the crappy garbage. And we've got to address that issue because if you don't address that people are addicted to this ultra processed food, then all the education in the world on eating real whole foods won't matter. You got to help them with the addiction. So maybe part of this as well is to give people that assistance, give them uh, like a nutrition, someone that could come alongside them and say, okay, here's how you can handle some of the cravings that you might have in the short term. And it happens very quickly. I just don't think we needed a study that showed us the processed foods are bad for us. And then the conclusion of the study is, oh, we we need to make processed foods healthier. How are you going to make processed foods healthier? If it's got refined carbohydrates, refined grains, refined sugars, refined vegetable oils in them, what are they going to do with those ingredients to make them healthier? I think the better solution is to come alongside them, give them incentive to buy real whole foods, and then and only then will you possibly get them off of eating the processed foods. All right, let's see what you guys have to say. Welcome in, welcome in. We're going to go to Instagram Live first. We'll be over to Facebook Live here in a minute. Thank you guys for being here today. Pretty fascinating study, huh? Darius, Daria says, this is laughable, a ridiculous study. Yeah, and, and I hate the conclusions because I think they did design the study pretty well. Uh, but the conclusion of it all uh, was what shocked me. Let's improve the processed foods and make them healthier rather than let's point people to real whole foods. That to me is the answer. Remedy Room says, sad waste of money. I love you. Thank you for being on top of all things keto and current. I try to be, try to be, try to be. Uh, Keep Austin Keto says Doritos just made an organic chip. Yeah, I, I see it all the time. These junk food companies, they ain't stupid. They are trying their darndest to use all the buzzwords that they can to fool people into believing that their crappy garbage is actually healthier. I think uh, it jumped the shark when I was in Costco uh, last year, a couple of years ago, when I saw, um, what was it, organic gummy bears and like every single ingredient, organic high fructose corn syrup, organic, and I'm going, what? So you put an organic in front of it, organic turd. Okay, turds are organic, so there you go. Um, It just... It's gotten crazy, the marketing terms that they try to use to to sell crap. Brittany says, I think what needs to happen is to explain to people what is processed food. My grandparents are the worst at this. They eat so much of the processed foods, cereals, sugar-filled yogurt, blueberry muffins, 
for breakfast, sandwiches for lunch, TV dinners for dinner. Yeah, you're right, Brittany. I think a lot of people, because of the ubiquitousness of those kinds of foods in the food supply, people just think it's normal. They think it's perfectly fine. Well, they sell it in grocery stores. If it was all that bad for you, would it actually be for sale? And the answer is yes, we know it is. And we know that that's what they do. But it's hard once people are addicted to those things. Lipid soluble, all these dumb keto products are equally as processed. I, I don't disagree with you. Uh, I think there are uh, a lot of people who eat those uh, like Quest bars and things like that. They're not keto. They're not, they're not healthy for you. Now, on occasion, if you're in a pinch, maybe, but there are a lot of people that subsist on those kinds of things, the little dirty, lazy keto thing, which drives me nuts. Um, okay, great. Dirty, lazy keto. Enjoy your Quest bar, but you're never going to get anywhere. Obviously, it was the calories, the change in their hormones simply lowered their TDEE. Well, I don't think it was necessarily the calories. I do think the hormonal changes did have the impact. But thank you for your comment. Uh, Brittany says, I've gained six pounds overnight after going off plan for just one meal, not even a day. Two pounds is nothing over two weeks. Exactly. <laughs> Brittany says, WTH is healthy processed foods. Exactly. Exactly. Um... All right, you know what I'm going to do? I am going to now hide this antagonist because I don't put up with people that abuse me on my own show. So thank you for being here, but bye-bye. Uh, it seems like common sense until we have an entire generation who can't name common vegetables and fruits, kids and family that only have access to a small store that carries only processed foods. Brittany, you're right. And I would dare say most kids and even adults can't even pronounce or spell a lot of the ingredients that are in the junk food, but they put it right in their mouth with that big million dollar words everywhere. They put it in their mouth without even thinking about what am I putting in my mouth? They don't know. You're going to get me on my conspiracy theories of the government purposely making people sick and addicted to sugar. What does sugar do to our brains? Exactly. Cheerios may lower cholesterol, but it will skyrocket tricks. Uh, for sure it will. Uh, I think the study failed miserably, says Tammy, because uh, I would be so elated to have only gained two pounds in two weeks. <laughs> yeah. But again, remember, they used 20 uh, healthy uh, average age of 31-year-old people. These are people with insulin uh, sensitivity. It's good insulin sensitivity. They're not insulin resistant because anybody with insulin resistance would have put on a whole lot more weight. But I think the reason the researchers did not use insulin sensitive people, because it would have been more profound to show someone with insulin uh, sensitivity or insulin resistance gaining 10 to 15 ish pounds over two weeks, it would have been more profound to show that but they also would have gained weight on that real whole foods diet with the beans and the grains and all that stuff, sweet potatoes. That's why they didn't use insulin resistant people. They knew they would gain weight on that. They probably gained a lot more weight on the processed foods than they would those real whole foods with carbs, but they would have gained weight and it would have kind of defeated the purpose of the study. 
Ashton says, my husband is severely carb addicted, but he doesn't see it that way. He's type two diabetic and takes medication. There, there's a lot of people, Ashton, that are of the mindset, well, as long as I can take a pill, as long as I can shoot myself with insulin, uh, with type two diabetes, then I'm healthy, then I'm fine. And I can eat whatever I want. They think the medication covers up the effects. And sadly, it's simply not true. I have a, a, a friend of the family and one of her best friends has type two diabetes. And she just says, I just wish the doctor would put me on insulin already. Just type two diabetes. No reason to go on insulin. And yet, oh, I just want to go on insulin so I can keep eating whatever I want and my blood sugar will come under control. And they don't realize that there's negative effects to that. That insulin doesn't come without consequences. Kimmy's Keto says, I wish I knew this when my kids were little. Uh, now they're all addicted to sugar and carbs and they call me the crazy keto lady. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bonnie Lene says, my daughter is 13 and has been on keto uh, with us. And in the beginning, we saw her addiction to carbs and sugar. Mac and cheese comfort foods. Now her mood is better and over the carb addiction. So happy. That's awesome, Bonnie. Good job. All right, let's go over here to Facebook Live. Thank you guys. Welcome in, welcome in. See what you guys have to say about this study. Thank you for being here. Lots of good mornings. Hello, hello. Um, that kind of food will make your blood sugar rise like crazy. Talking about the ultra processed foods diet. That's right, Joanne. Um, my weight fluctuates more than two pounds a day, says Berkeley. Exactly. Most people, and I actually uh, interviewed many years ago, Dr. Stephen Finney, the big ketogenic diet researcher. And he said at any given moment and any day, your, your weight can be up or down five pounds. So people freak out when they step on a scale and they're up a half a pound or a pound or whatever. It's one reason I'm not a big fan of stepping on the scale because you're simply causing yourself heartache and pain that you don't need to. Um, because of that fluctuation of plus or minus five pounds, it just doesn't really tell you anything. So two pounds exactly isn't a big deal. I gain weight by looking at food that I know I can't have, says Kimberly. <laughs> I think you're uh, articulating what a lot of people believe as well. If people just ate whole foods, the uh, food industry would collapse. It's all about the money. Yeah, Berkeley, uh, you're onto something there. Something these researchers did not point out. Yes, it is cheaper to buy processed foods. But even in the cheaperness, they're making a fistful of money. And so if these companies that make all this crappy garbage... Uh, are able to continue to fool you into believing that this is better for you than eating real whole foods, they're still going to keep making a lot of money. Real whole foods are more expensive, but they're also less profitability. So you pay $5.99 a pound for that grass-fed beef, and that provider, it probably costs them $4 to $4.50 a pound to be able to make that. So their profit margin is a lot smaller than if you sell someone a box of Cheerios for six bucks and the box of Cheerios cost them 50 cents to make. They made a crap load of money off of that. So they're going to do all they can to fool you, the consumer, into believing that that Cheerios is far better for you than that red meat. 
and it's simply not true. Uh, Hello, Kara. Thanks for being here. Crystal says, then add in doctor hospital prescription cost to ultra processed diet. That's another factor here. Thank you, Crystal, that was not brought up by the researchers either. When you eat ultra processed foods, uh, you know, two pound weight gain over two weeks is not the biggest issue. Having blood sugar get spiked, having inflammation levels go up, having all of these negative metabolic health effects happen, that is far worse because down the road, yes, like you mentioned, Crystal, you're going to have doctor visits and aches and pains that come from eating that kind of food. It's why we need to get people on real whole foods sooner rather than later. The addiction isn't just limited to processed foods. He admits that the people eating these foods are addicted to many other things. Exactly. So the cigarettes, the alcohol, bad behavior in general. Um, And I think when you're in a low economic situation, which I have been in my life, um, when you're in that kind of situation, you're desperate uh, to look for comfort of any kind. So if it comes in the form of crappy garbage, if it comes in the form of alcohol, if it comes in the form of cigarettes, even drugs, pretty much anything, you're trying to soothe the pain of the ills of this world. I get it. I get it. And those are all bad behaviors that could be corrected with real whole food, I think would be a really great solution. You like low carb or the keto diet? Deborah, um, I like you finding what works for you. The cornflakes of today are not the same as the one in the 1960s. Not as processed, but still not good. We used to eat it with cream straight from the cow. Holly says, I'm addicted to ribeyes. Yeah, exactly. Kathy says, my latest A1C is 5.5. Thanks to keto, they can keep their garbage. Exactly, Kathy. So guys, the bottom line in this Jimmy Rance is, did we really need a study that told us that processed foods are bad for you? I don't think so. But the answer isn't let's improve processed foods to make them healthier. The answer is to educate people on why real whole foods are the answer. And they need to be embracing that. And we need to do all that we can to point people in the direction of Here's why and how you can get real whole foods in your diet. Uh, living la vida loca. This show is changing lives. Uh, We're talking about your diet, trying to get you feeling right. Cut up the avocados, fry some eggs. Time to explore the longest running health podcast hosted by Jimmy Moore. Time to give up the crappy garbage. We're getting into ketosis. Every day is a new step to your goal. Yeah, you're getting closer. Motivated and focused. Don't stop, just go. Time to get inspiration from the Living La Vida Low Carb Show. Hey, the Living Low Carb Show. Disc of Light.